Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 236, Awakening Moments. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. It's good to be back with you. And I'm talking to you on this wonderful Libran full moon. And Libra loves relationships, fairness, justice, balance, peace, always thinking of others before itself. But it's not such a smooth ride for this full moon because actually the full moon is opposite Chiron. And I've spoken a lot about Chiron. <laughs> Chiron is conjunct the sun opposite the moon. And Chiron is saying, okay, I know you want peace. I know you just want everything to be easy. But actually, the peace is only going to come when we heal the wounds and heal the wounds in particular of our relationships, Libra being well interested in relationships. So maybe at this time you're going through a period where you're saying, oh, you know, old memories are coming up or maybe you're meeting up with people you haven't seen for a long while or it's happening in your personal life. And instead of trying to pacify everything, Maybe it's time to say, where did this wound come from? And I spoke about this last time. But really have the courage to say, we need to heal this at the deepest level. And I need to be accountable for my part in that relationship. So a lot of healing is going on, not only personally, but within the world as well. And again, we're seeing that with alliances that have been there for a long time, but maybe not healthy alliances, falling apart. Now, other alliances are created, not always going to say that they're always healthy. But what's happening is where we used to all say, okay, as long as we all stay together, we're going to be fine. It's almost as if we're dropping our hands and saying, actually, I need to find out who I am before I decide who I'm going to move forward with. And I think that's symbolic for us all. Maybe you're moving away from some groups and joining others. But it the only way to know what it is that you want to join or who you want to join is to know yourself. Am I joining a group in order to feel I fit in or am I joining a group because they're expanding my consciousness and I resonate with their principles? And that's really what's shifting. Who am I and am I coming to this from a wounded place or am I coming to it from a place of strength? So that's what's going on there and it's going to continue. A lot of activity is going to be happening as Mercury will go into uh, Gemini. And I'm just looking down here to say that. So, excuse me, Venus enters Gemini. And that's on the 12th of April. And the Sun meets Jupiter, which again is in Aries still. So there's going to be a lot of movement. Everything that's all in Aries, as I say, gets very fired up and a lot of expansion. What are we going to do? A lot of action, maybe even some aggression. But what we need to do is to be in for the long haul because there's a lot being shifted at this time. It's very complicated and complex. And if we can just be really clear in our speech, Venus in Gemini, and not get caught up in our own emotions and be very clear, things will start to clear in our minds as well. So I suppose as a Gemini, I'm saying, 
think before you speak. What needs to be said? What doesn't need to be said? Now, if we move on to the theme of today's podcast, I'm very aware about awakening moments. Now, why did I call this? Because as I've described before, we are all awakening into our fourth dimensional self, fifth dimensional self, and beyond. And there is a lot of information or messages entering into our planet at this moment and entering into ourselves to awaken us to new ways of being, new ways of thinking. But I shouldn't actually even use that word new, reminding us of who we already are. So our DNA is like a beautiful library. And in that library are all these books that have got rather dusty. And what's happening is this consciousness coming into our planet is reaching to the very dark areas of this library. And suddenly these books are all starting to show themselves and saying, hey, you're coming to read me. They're wonderful. I'm alive. I'm waiting for you. So there's a lot of messages coming in. And what I wanted to do is just share a few of my own personal messages and messages maybe I've heard from other people. But recognizing for us all that these messages are not just a phenomena. Why do I say that? Because sometimes I'm told by clients that, oh, wow, this thing happened, but I have to help them to understand that the depth of that message uh, is much more important than just something that happened that was wonderful. I love hearing these stories, so don't get me wrong, but this is a message that your soul, your higher self, your spirit guides, your soul family, your star family are all trying to get through to us at this time. There's never been a more important time to hear the messages. Now, obviously, once we receive those messages, we have a choice what to do with them. And unfortunately, in my own experience of teaching intuition for so many years, many, many people get messages, few follow through on them. I'm speaking to you as someone who has followed through and I'm really encouraging you not to be dismissive of a message you may receive. So the message, as we say, could be something like a feather falling in your path. It might just be a beautiful message for your soul. I'm with you. This is great. But please maybe take them a little bit more deeper. So it may not just be, oh, I love you. I'm here with you. It may be, hey, watch out for feathers on your path. Or maybe the feather means something. It means something because the spirit world often appears to us as birds. So dropping a feather may be someone who you love and who's passed over is making, it's just sending a message, hey, I'm here, I love you again. But messages we see also are those synchronous events that we call them 11-11, 2-22, 3-33 on the clocks. And yes, they are wake-up energies that's coming through because we notice them. But you might also want to think about what am I doing when I notice those times on the clock? So there may be, yes, wake up and just refine what you're doing a little bit. Change what you're doing a little bit. Uh, I've had times where things have disappeared, jewelry, pens, I'm thinking. And everybody has searched everywhere for these items, but I know that what the spirit world is saying to me is the relationship you have with that piece of jewelry or a pen I remember is complete. In other words, the person who gave me the pen or gave me the jewelry 
It's just completing the relationship. So I know that there's a black box somewhere or a black hole somewhere where all these things are put. One day I'll find them. I've had passports go missing when I wasn't meant to travel. I've had doors that I couldn't unlock when, again, I wasn't meant to get out of that door. In other words, it, the spirit world was saying, we don't want you to do this. And I remember a time where I had been teaching different schools of complementary medicine, clinical medicine. And I'd been combining it somewhat with the chakras that I was always interested in, the energies of the chakras. And I thought, okay, this is a great idea. Let me put together all the information I have, collate the, the handouts I'd given. It was in, still in the days where we gave the handouts. And why don't I just publish a book? I mean, I have a, a wealth of information, clinical medicine information, and also chakra information. This could be a textbook. So in those days, I sent my original manuscript down to be copied at a printer's so that I could then send the duplicate copy to the publisher to be published. So I'm working in a big clinic in London and I get a call from my receptionist saying, oh, the copy has arrived. And I go downstairs and she said, but the messenger just put it on this desk and it's disappeared. And we searched high and low and she felt very <laughs> guilty because it had disappeared. And I said, don't worry, something else is happening here. I went back to my room, and as I'm entering back into my clinic room, I hear the words, this isn't the book we want you to write. I had no idea what book I was meant to write, but I put aside the idea of publishing these thoughts. Soon after, I wrote Frontiers of Health, my very first book, uh, which was published there in 1992. And I still stand by the, the beauty of that book. And I'm really glad I didn't put time into the other one. Has anything like that happened to you? Have you found yourself in a place where you thought, okay, uh, I thought I was going in this direction, but actually another direction turned up. I have uh, another book or, that I was looking at, which is Joan Oceans, the wonderful lady that I know who works with the dolphins and whales. And she tells a story back in, I think it was 1975, where Joan was living in California. She's now in Hawaii. And she tells the story that she had no interest in dolphins and whales. She couldn't swim. She really didn't like the ocean, which is someone who, you know, more recently has swum almost every day in the ocean with the dolphins and whales. But at, back there in 1975, she, had, she was a, you know, she was working very much with people. She was a counselor. And she said, no, I, I haven't got any interest in dolphins and whales, but she was with a friend in a bookstore. And what happened was that she and her friend were browsing for books. And he was picking up a book by John Lilly, who had a lot of contact with dolphins and whales and other things. But she had no interest in that. So her friend is reading this book and she didn't really. She was reading something else. All of a sudden, the music that was coming through the stereo in the bookstore started to change its pitch or try and change the sound that was coming through. And the pitch that came through with this very high-pitched sound, similar, as she now knows, to what the, the sound the dolphins make. So she's looking around and thinking, well, is everybody picking up on this? And nobody seemed to be too bothered by it. 
and the sound went on and the music changed. It wasn't totally distracting, but it was like, where's this sound coming through? Is nobody going to do anything? And all of a sudden, she realizes that the sound is coming particularly through her. And for a moment, she looks around and this sound has changed time, as she describes it. And literally, everything had come to a standstill. So she's in this place and she's watching her friend just turn over a page, but the, he's, he's, he's stopped moving. And someone handing over money, they've stopped moving. Everything is stillness. And she realizes later how the dolphins had managed to actually change time by using their sound. But in that moment, suddenly the sound disappears and everybody goes back to normal. And she said, my goodness, did you notice that? And nobody noticed. So she looks down and she realizes that her friend has now passed her this book on John Lilly. And because she wasn't interested in the tie at the time, she just put it back on the shelf before all of this happened. So her friend says, well, where's the book that I handed you? And she said, oh, it's on the shelf. The book had completely disappeared. And even the shop owner came to look for the book, said, no, it should be here. It disappeared. So she apologized to her friend that she'd lost the book, <laughs> disappeared into a wormhole somewhere. And soon afterwards, she was invited to a talk given by John Lilly, who was going to talk about sound and the dolphins. And even though she didn't really have the interest in the dolphins, she went along because she was interested in the sound and her life changed dramatically after that. In fact, she will go on to say that the dolphins taught her how to swim because she didn't like, she didn't, couldn't swim. And then they taught her how to dive and to be with them, etc., etc. And the book that she actually wrote this in was Dolphins Into the Future, if you're interested. But these magical moments are not just for a few. I'm sure you've all had such magical moments. And I'm asking that you all pay attention because for the spirit world to change their frequency, to be able to reach us and give us this message is, is very profound. It takes a lot of their energy. And so understanding their power isn't just, oh, isn't that nice that they did this, but also saying, they're saying to us, and you can do this too. Change your frequency and join me. So you might see an animal or a bird in your garden. Don't just say, oh, a lot of robins have come or this has come. If it really seems to resonate with you at some level, you're very fascinated by something, recognize that they are trying to say, you too can do this. So understanding, and I work a lot, as you know, with the nature kingdoms, they are able to shapeshift into a form that we call an animal or a tree, and then they shapeshift back again. They're trying to teach us that we have this ability to move our energy. Now, at other times, the messages may be, I love you, but it might be, you know, pay attention or be proud of yourself. So it's not just someone else telling you something. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I forgot that. One of my mother's favorite sayings was, this too will pass. And sometimes when I'm in a bit of a funk and I'm in a bit of a drama, I hear her words. Now, it could just be I remember her words. 
But sometimes out of the blue, you get words that mean something to you, don't you? So it's like, this too will pass. And I go, oh, yes, this too will pass. Or maybe I find myself singing a song in the shower and I think, where did that song come from? But when I listen to the words, they're meaningful for the moment. So I hope I'm inspiring you to not, first of all, to pay attention, if I may say, and then pay attention enough to say, what is the message here? It doesn't have to be a profound message, but it can be something that just gives you confidence or keep going, you're doing the great, you know, you're going in the right direction. Or it may be, stop, don't do that anymore. Like my car not starting or my passport missing or my door not opening. You know, the universe will definitely get their message across one way or other. But one of the ways, as you know, I like to say is, close all the doors not in harmony with my soul and open those or keep open those that are. Once again, it's the universe. So I use the word universe to describe the spirit world. They want to help us. So when we say I'm ready to let go, they're going to help us to let go. But they can never interfere with our lives, our free will. So we have to ask for help. They can't do it for us, but they can influence the world around us like shutting a door losing a passport but they can't influence our minds we have to receive that message and go okay i received the message thank you i'm going to do something so closing the door not in harmony my soul is a wonderful thing to do late at night before you go to sleep or the 20 minute rule which is if you've got a question go out somewhere or you know go out into nature or go in around where you live and say, I want to see or hear the answer in 20 minutes. And in that example, it's a very physical presence. So you might read something on a wall, or you might see something in a window. It's not something you've got to meditate on. And remember the three-time rule. If you hear something three times, or you hear about some, someone or something three times, do it. Of course, one would like to be able to say you do it on the first time, but some, sometimes we need three-time knock. So I'm hoping that I'm inspiring you to think outside the box, to not, not dismiss something that's a bit unusual. Sometimes if you say, well, I'm not sure if it's a message, ask the universe to send another one. Can you reassure me I need to listen? And they will. They, they've got nothing better to do. So don't feel scared to say, okay, I think this is a message. Give me more information. As Joan also speaks about with the dolphins, they send out acoustic images, as she says, sound created into an image. And what she will find that she will get a very small image of something which fits into her thinking. And once she's got that little piece in place, everything can expand. So remember, the spirit world is trying to use our very limited brains to get us messages across. So sometimes it will drop in and you'll say, what's that about? And once you've given it a name almost, then you get the more expanded vision. So many images are coming into us at this moment. So many words are coming in. So, many, so much information is coming in. Always, of course, related to your heart, to your higher self. Does this resonate with me? Does this feel that it's expanding my consciousness or is it just expanding my ego? Does this help me to know myself more fully or does it make me know more, someone else more fully? This is really about being discerning 
Pluto in Aquarius, but also being going deeper Pluto in Aquarius. Who am I? And who are you not? So this is a great time to say, actually, this doesn't resonate with me, or maybe it did in the past. I'm ready to move on from it. When we make space, more information can come in, more messages. So I like to tell my final story because I've had so many different ways. Is a story of when I was met Caroline Mace for the very first time, and I'm sure Caroline won't mind me uh, talking about this. But this was one of my most intuitive moments, which was that I had planned to go up to Finhorn, a very important centre up in the north of Scotland. And over the months of planning for this trip, I was living in London at the time. I said, okay, shall I fly? Shall I go by car? Shall I go by train? So I eventually decided to go by flying. And then I went, okay, shall I go to Edinburgh in Venice? Edinburgh in Venice. And, you know, my normal Gemini mind was kind of playing with these ideas. And then I went, okay, shall I go in the morning or the afternoon? <laughs> Again, a little bit more thinking. And eventually plumbed on this plane that I was going to take to fly up to Inverness in the morning. And as I sit on the plane, there's this girl, this lady sitting next to me. And I did something which I don't usually do, which is to talk to my next door neighbor on a plane. And I said, hello, where are you going? And she said, I'm Carolyn Mace, I'm going to Inverness. And then I'm going on to Finhorn. I'd really not heard of Caroline. This was way back in the mid 80s. And I, because I met her and we had a nice chat, I thought, oh, I'll go on her workshop. And so here I am in her workshop, very impressed, of course, with all that she was doing. But the first question she was asking everybody was, who are you? Name, you know, introduce yourself. So I'm right at the very end. I was a very shy GP, doctor, English. And I thought, oh, what am I going to say? And as I come right round to me, instead of saying, hello, I'm Christine, I'm a doctor, etc., I said, I can't cope. And the inner words that I heard were, then leave. And I always felt that Caroline should have said, yes, I'm, I hear that, but who are you? <laughs> but she never did, thankfully, and as a great uh, guide to me. Because for the rest of the week that I was there, I spent the time thinking, what do I need to leave? And it became very obvious that I needed to leave general practice. I had not even thought about doing that prior to going to Finhorn. But by the end of the week, everything had become clear. So I followed that message. And by following the message I had to leave, which was extraordinarily difficult because once I arrived back home, I thought, I'm crazy. I've gone to this place where they talk to nature beings and I'm going to give up all this training, all this education, all this money. For what? I talked to angels. I could just go back in again and pretend nothing happened. And then I heard again, so you're not, you haven't got the courage to do it again. And that was all I needed to hear. I went in, told my lovely partners, told my receptionist, told everybody what I was going to do. And by the lunchtime, I had no car, no job, no house, because everything had been settled. So when we follow those messages, everything falls into place. And I hope I've inspired you in this podcast to listen, go deep, 
know how much you're loved, but the lovingness is not just saying you're a great person. It's saying, I love you so much. I won't be let you be less than you are. Time to wake up. Time to come back home. Time to be all that you are. And with that, I'll leave you with many blessings. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. And please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.